everybody, Dan Urban and Scott Fontana here, back with another episode of the Couchside Judges. We're just days away from the first major sports event in months, with UFC 249 looking to be on track for Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida. So this week, we're rescoring a very close fight between co-headliner Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, the rematch in which Cejudo captured UFC gold to go along with his Olympic gold in freestyle wrestling. Cejudo is scheduled to put his bantamweight crown on the line this weekend against 135-pound GOAT Dominic Cruz, but he very likely wouldn't have been in this position had he not edged a razor-close split decision over Mighty Mouse two years ago. Was it the right call? We'll re-examine and apply our own scoring method in this episode's installment of Past Judgment. Listen, Dan, I'm only about 80% sure that the fights will happen Saturday. Mostly it's a more of a, you know, believe it when I see it kind of deal, although... This is Florida we're talking about, so I'm not expecting too much intervention from the government like we saw in California when this event was originally postponed. That said, Cejudo Cruz, to me, is a really strange booking. We haven't seen Cruz in the cage since he lost the title to Coe Garbrandt three and a half years ago. With so many worthy and active contenders at 135, I think it's a shame to make them wait. Let's save fight picks and, and analysis for our end of the week episode, but what do you think about this booking in general? I'm pretty fine with it. I don't mind giving okay. Cruz the title shot right away. I think the other contenders, you know, Peter Yan, probably couldn't get into the country, so he wasn't an option. That could be. Corey Sanhagen and Aljamain Sterling were scheduled to fight each other, which most likely was a title eliminator on the original May 16th card. So I think they probably still want to put that fight uh, together. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'll say this. At least it's not Jose Aldo like it was originally scheduled, since he's coming off the loss to Marlon Moraes at the end of the year last year. Yeah, and also the UFC's in the pay-per-view business. Dominic Cruz has pretty much become a household name since he works a lot of events as an analyst and as a commentator. So people know him. They'll probably be more likely to tune in. Look, I don't want to hate on Dominic Cruz. He is the GOAT at 135 pounds, very clearly to me. Definitely ahead of Dillashaw, definitely ahead of Barrow, definitely ahead of Garbrandt for sure, and, and Cejudo hasn't done anything really at this weight class. So I get it. If anybody's going to get a shot like that, it's Cruz, but I don't know. It just feels funny to me. But, you know, we're in strange times. Like I said, we'll have more on this fight and the rest of the UFC 249 fights later this week. For now, though, let's ring the bell on past judgment. Before we dive in to the Cejudo Mighty Mouse fight, Dan's going to walk us through the CSJ scoring specifics. Yeah, we basically use the same guidelines that ABC uses and most commissions use, but we have a few key differences. We no longer count aggressiveness or area control as tiebreakers when the striking and grappling are even. This allows for us to score more 10-10 rounds, and a 10-9 round for us is one in which a fighter has a small but noticeable advantage. We give 10-8s for rounds that are clearly and solidly won by one of the fighters, and a 10-7 is for a dominant round, one you would think of as a 10-8 in the current ABC standard. All this allows for more diverse round scores without blowing up the entire 10-point must system. All right, Scott, quickly give us uh, the background of this rematch between Mighty Mouse and Cejudo. Yeah, so this was the co-headliner of UFC 227 at the Staples Center in L.A. on August 4th, 2018. This was the fight right before Bantamweight champ Dillashaw stopped Garbrandt for the second time in their rematch. At this point, Mighty Mouse was considered basically unbeatable, 13-0-1 at flyweight as the UFC's only champ of the division ever. One of those victories was over Cejudo two years earlier. TKO'd him in about three minutes. Yeah, those were some vicious knees. That was. that was It was a quick fight, and the knees were just disgusting in there. He finished him up with some follow-up punches. Uh, Cejudo, though, he got back to the title shot 
uh, off the strength of a couple wins, one of which came by unanimous decision over Sergio Pettis. Judges for this fight were Sal Diamato, Ron McCarthy, and Marcos Rosales with the referee, Mike Beltran, and his wonderful mustache. So, Dan, how did you have round one scored? Let's let's jump right in here. I gave it 10-8 for Mighty Mouse. That's what I did, too. Yeah, same thing. And I'll tell you why. It was because of those kicks. You know, he was very active to all areas. He went upstairs. He went to the, the midsection, but especially to the legs. Both of Zahudo's knees were getting red kind of behind the knee by the end of the round. Uh, just great attacks to the knees. Yeah, I thought Johnson had really good offense here. The leg kicks here were effective. There that was that was a major point for me. Also, Cejudo had one flurry in the entire round. Needed to do more to to have a ten nine. This was clearly a mighty mouse round in our system. That's a ten eight. Yeah, I mean, Cejudo really didn't do much. It it just wasn't a very. It, it looked like he was busy, but he just couldn't really find a home for anything. Like Rogan said during the fight, it was more of a survival round. I think he might he could have been worried about that foot that went out. Yes, yes. Actually, that was to me, that was the most interesting moment of the round was the fact that about 30 seconds in, he kind of steps weird on, on his left foot. And he's just kind of, he really was just moving around when it happened. You had to wonder how something like that affects a fighter right after you get into the fight, the, what their mindset is like. Right, yeah. Supposedly, it hit a nerve or something and, and just made the whole foot go numb. So, yeah, I, I, he's able to get the feeling back. Uh, a little bit while, but he rolled his ankle a few times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were speculating on the broadcast that you know maybe there could have been some sort of pre-existing injury that kind of led to this. But I mean, it really just looked like he just kind of stepped funny and it just got over it. But but I again, I was more worried about the mental aspect of that because you're only 30 seconds in, you have 24 and a half minutes to go, maybe, and you can't move as well as you really like. So, or at least you think you might not be able to. Yeah, for a little bit, it has to at least bother you. To get back to his striking, of course, Johnson with those kicks, one thing that really stood out to me stat-wise was the significant strikes from distance. Johnson had just a monstrous lead. It was 20-1 to 1 in strikes landed. 12 of them were leg kicks. Yeah, that's a big margin. Mm-hmm. And Cejudo only had four significant strikes landed the entire fight, mostly in the clinch. So, or in the, excuse me, in the entire round. That's not going to get it done. When you have a 21-4 to 4 differential and significant strikes landed there's no way you can look at that and say in our system that's just a 10-9 that's a 10-a for mighty mouse easy yeah clear round Mm -hmm. and the judges agreed they went 10-9 mighty mouse which is what you would do in the scoring format they use that's just the way all right scott let's move on to round two how'd you score that one i had 10-9 cejudo i had 10-9 cejudo as well i uh pretty much had the takedown as the tipping point he didn't do much offense with it, but he was able to land those knees to the shoulder, and I figured that was something he wouldn't have had if he never got that takedown. I felt the striking was pretty even, and that's what put it over for me. Yeah, the the striking was really close, so the takedown was was a bit of an edge for me. You know, he didn't really do much with it from half guard, but like you said, he got those knees as Mighty Mouse was trying to get back to his feet. I will say this: Suhudo, he was really finding a home for his strikes much better than he was in the first round because he wasn't doing much of anything in round one and this this round was much more clear yeah like you said this could have been a mental thing that he he finally got over with his foot that could be yeah i I would totally believe that johnson though i we should add that he was still landing those really hard leg kicks they were just snapping it was a good round for him it just wasn't better than cejudo it was the significant strikes landed actually it was much closer like we were saying 15 to 11 edge uh for dj here so 
when you look at that, I mean, that's not a big difference. Uh, you know, we're just looking at numbers here, and this isn't something we're grading, but it's it's telling of the round, I think, that we saw a much closer round. Yeah, for sure. So that obviously the most significant moment of this round was the takedown, right? About 75 seconds left in the round. Yeah, the takedown was the most significant moment of the round. Him landing in half guard is better than him landing in full guard, so it's a little bit more effective because he's somewhat passed. Sure, but he just didn't do anything with it from right, there. Yeah, he, just, he was just, you know, control. I don't know where you stood when you were watching it, but as I'm watching the round, right before that takedown, I thought it was even enough that it could have been like a borderline 10-10. Yeah, ten ten. That's this takedown was the tipping point for me. Yes. Yeah, and by by a slim margin, right? Yeah, I was staring down at ten ten until then. Okay. So then, cumulatively, our scores are at nineteen to eighteen for Johnson, right? Correct. The judges for this round, Sal Diamato and John McCarthy's boy, had ten nine Cejudo. So now they have it tied, just like you and I probably would, given our scores. Um, Marcos Rosales went for DJ still. He didn't care about the takedown, so he's got Johnson up two rounds to none. So what about round three, Dan? I went 10-8 for Mighty Mouse. Yeah, same. Honestly, for him, this was possibly his best round. Super impactful kicks. He opened up a cut next to Cejudo's right eye, so we had some very visible damage to his face now and not just the legs. It was just, uh, just a great round for him. Yeah, I agree. He had uh, good body work as well. Yes. Cejudo did have some success. He was able to get it to the ground, but he couldn't keep it there. Uh, striking. Yeah, and actually, he, he actually didn't even get an official takedown from UFC stats. Yeah, no, I don't think these were takedowns. It wasn't on the mat long enough. He had no control. Uh, he still had he had a little bit more success than round one, but not enough to make it a 10-9. thought this was clearly for Mighty Mouse. And as you said, the cut, you know, that always helps. So what was like the moment that kind of stood out for you the most in this round, Dan? The most significant moment I thought in this round was Johnson's Gramby rolls to escape the takedowns and not be held down again. Yeah, for sure. They were <laughs> Daniel Cormier was loving those. Yeah, DC loves everything wrestling related. He was even trying to give Cejudo more takedowns than he than he had. Yes. <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, you know what? Fine in wrestling, but we're not wrestling here. This yeah. is mixed martial arts, dude. <laughs> DC chill. Uh, for me though, there was this really good leg kick from DJ with about 90 seconds to go that really stood out, and it just buckled Cejudo's left knee on impact. You remember that one? He he landed a bunch of good leg kicks. This one in particular, it just kind of his leg just wobbled. Okay. Yeah. So and that was that was a sign to me that clearly the leg kicks not only were they starting to make an impact, you know, just because of volume, but you were really seeing the results of oh, Cejudo's just not standing on his steady legs anymore yeah these leg kicks were the effective ones mm-hmm. significant strike uh, differential here we have johnson landing 20 out of 28 attempts 71 percent success that's insane yeah that's that's really high and so who only landed 10 of 30 so he's, he's at a 33 percent clip i mean you look at that that's just somebody having his way with his opponent for me 10 8 easy no question had those 10 strikes been something really effective, like a knockdown or a big cut that opened up, things change. Oh, sure. But, yeah, I mean, this it couldn't hold a candle to what Johnson was doing. No, this was clearly for Johnson. So cumulatively now, both you and I have Mighty Mouse up 29 to 26 on our scorecards. Um, this is starting to look like a pretty commanding fight for him. The judges on that night, all three had it from Mighty Mouse. So Marcus Rosales has 
Johnson up 30 to 27, and Saudi Amato and Ron McCarthy have 29 28 for DJ. Okay, Scott, but what about round four? How'd you score that one? So I went 10 9 DJ here. Okay, I actually went 10 10. Oh, okay. How, how come? Yeah, I felt Johnson won the striking battle in the first half of the round, and I felt Cejudo won the grappling in the second half of the round. The reason I made it a 10 10 while Johnson's striking was probably weighing a slightly more effective. The last 10 seconds of the round, I thought, were pretty good ground and pound, and that just tipped the scales in Cejudo's favor a little bit for a 10-10. Oh, see, I just, I didn't think that it led to much on after the takedown. It, it just, it seemed like a very much a repeat of what we got in the first round. He was landing a couple strikes here. I understand a 10-10 here. That makes some sense, and I could even see if you would decide to go all the way to Cejudo here, even though I had Johnson at 10-9. But it wasn't as much to score in this round as you had in other rounds. So that's where it gets into this murky area where 10-10 makes a lot of sense. But I can almost understand, again, going one way or the other. I did think Johnson was definitely winning the striking early on, just as you mentioned, though. So we agree there. seems like we kind of saw it the same way, but just ended up grading it slightly different. It depends, really. Do you favor striking or grappling more? And I felt the grappling and the striking were tied. So we go 10-10. Fair enough. I mean, the takedown for me, obviously, was the big moment of the round because it was about three minutes into the round, and it totally cut off Mighty Mouse's momentum. And But he just didn't do enough. That's that's what I thought. He just couldn't get out of half guard, and his offense really wasn't all that impactful, I think. Yeah, I thought the last 10 seconds, he, he actually landed some decent strikes. Not just the, you know, the pitter-patter, stay-busy shots that he was landing from top half. And also, yeah, the takedown was the biggest part because if he doesn't get taken down, we may be staring at another 10-8 round for Johnson. So cumulatively now, you and I obviously differed for the first time. So your score is 39-36 for Johnson, whereas I have 39-35 for Mighty Mouse. Uh, making it at this point on my card, so who don't needs a finish? Yeah, or he just needs a monster round for me to, to earn a tie. Yes, yes. The judges uh, that night, all three went Cejudo here, which was strange that they all saw it that way. I, I would have thought it would have been a much more debatable thing. And it was such a close round for this to be essentially the one that sealed it. Right, but you got to take into account these guys are also grading aggressiveness and control. It's true. No, this is true. This is a fair point. Uh, so at this point now... Sal Yamato and Ron McCarthy have the fight tied 38-all, and Marcos Rosales still has Mighty Mouse up 38-37. Um, but that's a good point, Dan. You're absolutely right. Final round now. Dan, what do you have? I gave another 10-10. Yeah, that's what I did too. And just, again, a super, super close round. So this was the only one that actually I gave a 10-10 for. Lower volume from DJ once again. Uh, Suhudo came out strong in the final minute, and I was kind of leaning... Mighty Mouse until that push. But I can understand if you would want to give it to either man here too, you know, leaning more Johnson than Cejudo. So if, you know, I was judging under the ABC system, I would probably say DJ here. But I feel like it was too close to call. What about you? Yeah, I think this was way too close to call. Johnson definitely had the early striking advantage, but like you said, that last minute, Cejudo really closed the striking gap and he landed some pretty good shots. He looked good, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the urgency that, where was that? It almost seemed like he knew he needed to make an impact on the end of the round because not either how close the fight was or maybe he even thought he was behind. Yeah, he was trying to wrestle this round too, and Johnson seemed to maybe he was just a bit too concerned about being taken down. 
didn't want to give away a round away because because of a takedown. I thought there was a little bit of either I don't know maybe it was caution, but I almost read it as just a little bit of fatigue. Not that DJ can't go twenty five hard minutes, but you know it was it was a high paced fight. You know I can understand why you would at least slow down a little bit in round five. Yeah, and Cejudo did get that pretty high impact takedown. I mean it was only really quick for two seconds. Yeah, it didn't last, but I did, I basically didn't grade it. it. I mean, not that I didn't grade it at all, but I didn't grade it heavily. Yeah, it's just too close to call. Yeah, and, and the stats really didn't lie here either. That, that was very representative because significant strike-wise, Johnson landed 16 out of 27, and Zahudo landed 17 out of 36, so almost completely even. Yeah, it was really close. For me, though, the, the best moment of the, the round here came from Cejudo was in the closing seconds he landed this solid right hook and that to me probably turned it from a 10-9 Johnson round into the 10-10 that I gave it yeah he definitely needed something to close that gap with the striking but that particular punch I think that's the one where it's like yeah he landed good there it wasn't hard enough to really rock him or anything but that might have been the best single punch from either man of the fight. You, you could debate there was probably something from Johnson there, but for my money, that was the highlight striking-wise from Cejudo. Yeah, it was definitely the cleanest strike you landed. But nonetheless, I mean, cumulatively, Dan, you had 49-46 for Johnson because you gave another 10-10, as did I, which gave me 49-45 for Mighty Mouse. So if you go by our scoring system and you and I as judges – Johnson clearly won once again, but all three judges gave this round to Cejudo, super, super close round, and that gave him the fight too. This was another round where you could say, oh man, such a close round ended up deciding the fight. You know, when when I think back and I see how these guys scored it, I almost have a tough time not giving the fight to Cejudo because of these close rounds. No, again, it's a fair point. That's the, that's the way the ABC's system works as far as including things like aggression and cage control as tiebreakers so maybe when it comes to that you know they they saw the generalship that Zahudo was was taking as far as trying to push although I would argue that even if Zahudo was pushing oftentimes it was DJ who was controlling the striking yeah you can go that way you know he, he was he was switching stances all the time he was completely keeping Zahudo off base here you know, I definitely get why a judge would go that way and why the fight would go that way based on what they had. But that's why I think this just underscores the need to look at more impact as the real deal here and diversify your ability to give scores that are more diverse than just 10-9, You could do 10-8 right. if it's a clear score, and that's what we like about it. This is just a flaw in the system. I think the judges did uh, a decent job judging this fight. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. The judges, for what it's worth, Sal Amato and Ron McCarthy, they went 48-47 for Cejudo, so they saw it his way, whereas Marcos Rosales was the other way, 48-47 for Johnson. So, I mean, I think our score is more indicative of the fight we actually saw. Yeah, and, you know, DC said it best during the commentary, like right near the end of the fight. He said the story of the fight was DJ's leg kicks, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, these were good leg kicks. If we're watching that fight... We didn't, we're not even trying to think necessarily about the judges. You know, Why do we think, as just fight fans, Cejudo won the fight? Is there a reason? Or is it just the system like we're talking about? I mean, I think it's just the flaw in the system. Yeah, I think that's it. Even when you look at the stats, the final stats of the fight, 
And stats don't always tell the story. Let's be very clear on that one. But this kind of is pretty representative of what we saw. Significant strikes. DJ landed 81 of 134 strikes. Significant strikes. 60%. Cejudo landed 51 out of 147. 36%. So Johnson, when he threw, he was landing, and he outlanded him by 30 30 significant strikes. Yeah, that's a pretty big margin. Like you said, it doesn't always tell everything. No, it's true, but almost half of them were the light kicks, which were completely impactful, as we know. Uh, He completely controlled the distance from the striking. He was mixing kicks high, mid, low, switching stances, completely keeping him off guard. Suhudo was like, he was doing some work in the clinch here, but, you know, is is anyone going to sit there after this fight and not just try to search for justification and say, oh, yeah, Suhudo was just dominating in the clinch? No. I, I just think it's really unfortunate that there was no trilogy fight for this one. Yeah, that would have been a fun one to see, but, you know, we all know what happened. To talk about at least what Cejudo did coming off of this big win, he went from no UFC titles to two within a year because he had defended his flyweight belt against Dillashaw, who came down, and then he ended up winning the bantamweight belt after TJ was stripped for using Epo. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive run. It it really is remarkable, and you know, even if I don't think Cejudo really truly was the winner of this fight, he won it based on the system that was there, and he went out and he looked really great in coming back against Marlon Marais to to win that belt uh, in that interim fight and obviously knocked out Dillashaw that was that was a big deal too I was there that night he has obviously given up the flyweight belt at this point he never defended it again after the Dillashaw fight it would have been nice to see him do a little more there but I do think he's better off at 135 pounds since he's had issues in the past making the weight he struggled making that weight it's tough and I'm I'm very much a proponent of fighters not killing themselves to get down in weights I think everyone should be fighting at a more natural weight. So good on him. I don't mind it at all. But it, it is sad that we this was the last time we saw Mighty Mouse in the UFC because he ended up going one championship. And he ended up going 3-0 and there in their flyweight Grand Prix, which, you know, you'd expect because for my money, he's still the best 125er on the planet. You could put him on Mount Rushmore. I think that's okay. Yeah, too bad, though. They probably won't do that for a 25er. No, they never will. And, and he's nobody ever really appreciated him enough when he was here he's not someone who's going to sell pay-per-views i don't know why i think he's an interesting guy you know i've spoken to him before i actually grappled with him once before when i say that i mean i was a grappling dummy for him once (laughs) during a media demonstration he put me in i think it was 38 holds in 60 seconds or something like that it was just amazing um and i was just sitting there getting tap 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 (laughs) <laughs> but but he he's just a remarkable athlete and a brilliant mixed martial artist and just didn't get appreciated the way he should and that's going to do it for this episode join us later in the week where we will discuss UFC 249 even if for some reason that event is called off between now and then we'll also give Cruz's 2016 fight against Dillashaw the past judgment treatment since that was another super close championship fight Don't forget to subscribe to our show and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at Dan Urban MMA. And follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. Feel free to check out some of our most recent episodes for more past judgment content. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay healthy and safe. See ya. See ya.